Hello and welcome to season three, episode 13 of Duelist Community. I am here for me and always have been and always will be. And I have arrived. And what I mean by that is that the entire process of becoming was fictitious. The entire journey to being whole was an illusion. I've always been whole. I will always be whole. And that means I'm you because you are likewise whole, regardless of your perception of division. So it's a really nice thing to remember that whatever journey you're on is not a journey to completion. It's a journey that you get to express your completion. It's a journey wherein you get to embody your unity and let it unfold before you. And the less you think about it, the easier it is and the more you'll get out of it. Just arrive where you are now because everything up until now led to here. You may as well enjoy it. You worked hard enough. And on that note, here we are, episode 13 of season three, the last episode of this first year of Dualistic Unity, because it was on September 28th that we released our first episode last year. So I'm very excited about this episode. I do want to make a few announcements. The first is, of course, that Canada has dropped the vaccine mandate at the border for anybody who would like to visit. So that means that the retreat on November 12th on Vancouver Island for dualistic unity is now available to people who aren't vaccinated or never wanted to abide by that law to begin with or to use the Arrive Can app. So that's great news. There are three tickets left, so there's not a lot of space. But if you'd like to come, we would love to see you. It's going to be eight days. It's going to be amazing. I've already rambled about it so many times in so many other episodes, so I'll stop there. But if you can come, three tickets, we'd love to see you. The second announcement kind of ties into our guest today, who I'm going to introduce in a moment. And what I mean is that We've had so many members of the dualistic unity community reach out to us and say, I'd like to do more in my neighborhood. I'd like to help out people that I know, or I'd like to offer kind of coaching or groups in my area for people who might be interested in dualistic unity in this conversation, or, or just having one-on-one -on -one conversations about episodes as they go by. We love this idea. We would love to help you do this. And so as a result, Andrew and I have talked, and we're going to set up kind of a coaching program. We're not going to teach you how to be a coach because we don't want to be coaches ourselves. We just want you to be exactly what you are and to talk to other people as they figure out exactly what they are. And so we just want to help facilitate that and maybe give you a few tips along the way. So there is going to be a dualistic unity coaching program coming up very, very shortly, probably by season four. I'm going to stop talking about it there because if anybody has questions, just reach out to ask us. And I'm going to move on to our exciting guest, her content is amazing, of course. She talks about personal development, she talks about self-love, and she explores the path to discovering our potential. I love everything about her content, and specifically what I've enjoyed watching is her journey from her previous job to becoming a coach, to finding her stride, to finding her voice, and realizing that she has everything she needs for people who come to her because she's a reflection of them. So there is a lot of value in her content. So without any more ado, Everyone, this is Mimi Styles. Mimi, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to coaching? Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, gosh, a little bit about myself. That is, that's always a, a tough question. Um, so I, I guess I'm kind of what we were talking about before. I'm from the Minnesota, Wisconsin area um, on the border. I've lived here my whole life. I'm 23. And I got my start in personal training 
I was got super into like lifting weights and wanted to help people. I always kind of had that uh, desire and feeling like that needingness to help people. Like it was kind of like my calling. I always felt like, um, so it just kind of happened that I was kind of in the fitness space and started doing that. It was great. Started my own business with it after doing some corporate training and all that stuff. And started to feel a misalignment with it started to feel like god i want more and what i really liked from it was like having those moments with people where i could specifically me working with women mostly like get them to come closer to like finding that self-love accepting who they were and that's what i liked and what i didn't like was that i was also simultaneously helping them change their body to like fill the um a societal mold. And there was kind of, there's like this disconnect. And when I explain that to people, I feel like they don't always get what I'm saying. They're kind of like, what do you mean? Like, I, I don't know. So like, I knew in my heart that I wanted to do more than just like help women change their bodies. That was just never really it for me. So I wanted to just help them love themselves. And, um, I didn't really know what that could look like, so I was like, I mean, I think I could be like a life coach or something. Like, I don't really know what that means. Um, and then during that time, I was also kind of going through, I guess, what I call a spiritual awakening. Um, and then it was just kind of like this pipeline of kind of out of fitness into the spiritual um, stuff. And then got on TikTok, ran into you guys. <laughs> and from there, it was like five more spiritual awakenings, I feel like, after that. And just like, um, it's just been a crazy journey. So now I'm just pretty much coaching people doing some stuff on the side, still, still doing fitness, but just like full in this realm, fully committed to, you know, the present moment, obviously, and whatever comes with that. So I guess that's kind of my story. That's fantastic. And I just want to mention quickly, cause I didn't mention it earlier that you host the Come As You Are podcast. And yes. for anybody who is interested in more of what Mimi was just talking about, about her personal journey, about finding her voice, about venturing into life coaching and, and realizing exactly how talented and, and intelligent she really is, go check out the podcast. I think there are 20 episodes so far. They're about 20 minutes to, to half hour long. They're really enjoyable to listen to, especially if you're just in a mood to self-reflect and kind of realize how much you've gone through yourself and how much we can all relate to one another. They're, they're fantastic to listen to. And I think that very much comes from your journey itself. So I just wanted to mention that quickly because I forgot to do so in the introduction and now I'll pass it back to Andrew. Thank you. Absolutely. I really like that part. And that's something that I had written down actually about your shift in your mentality of coaching women physically, you know, being a personal trainer. I keep trying thinking physical therapist with the PT because they're raised at the same thing, but per, personal trainer. And yeah, I, I absolutely love that because I feel like that's sort of the core of anything that I talk about with, with clients or, or coaching things is like, it's not that there's something that's wrong with you that we have to work on fixing. It's recognizing that there's nothing wrong with you and you can work on things because you can, but not because you have to, and because you, you want to, but not because you need to. And it's like a fundamental shift in perspective that I feel like some people recognize and some people sometimes never necessarily do, but it's so 
impactful to see it for yourself and then to be able to express it to other people and help other people to recognize it within themselves. So it seems now like you're almost, you've, you've expanded in a way from just a personal trainer to like a sort of holistic coach. And I'm sure there's going to be situations where someone's going to, you know, come to you for life coaching or come to you for personal training. And there's going to be a, a big crossover. And it's almost like you have all of these things in your arsenal now to help people work on things. And then the ability to pull from so many different mediums to be able to help someone. And I think that's awesome. So I'm curious with the shift in that perspective, was there something you recognized in yourself that helped you to shift that? Or was it something specific you came across or was it just kind of progressive recognition of things more when you got into the spiritual, you know, side of stuff or some of the things you started to realize to get you into life coaching, or I'm just curious a little bit more about that process of that recognition, because it's, you know, incredibly powerful, if not one of the most powerful things we can ever sort of recognize. That is a great big question. Um, I feel like, gosh, I feel like the best way that I could, that I can explain it is just like misalignment. Um, like I kept feeling like I was almost there. Like, you know, that feeling of like, this is right. This feels like a line. This feels like comfortable and all the, you know, beautiful feelings. And it was just like, I felt like I was almost there. And then it was like, I kept trying to like change the game, if you will. And like, try to do things my way. And I felt like it just like, kept getting closer and it was like ticking away at this I don't know, this rock or something trying to like get to the center of it. And it's just like, I kept not, I kept missing. And then I, um, I just felt like I kept having to pivot from what I was doing before. And then I just kept pivoting and pivoting. And then all of a sudden I'd feel more aligned and then that feeling would come back. Like that's what happened when I got into the spiritual space and, was on TikTok and in the for you page just really is for you. And it just tells you everything that you already are thinking. And it just validates how you feel already in your um, worldview. And it was just like sucked down the rabbit hole of, you know, the spiritual stuff. And then it was like, kind of came out of that. And I was like, Oh God, what was that? That was kind of getting scary. Um, and then uh, brought me, I guess, to now where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this my way again. I feel like I did not answer your question, but maybe I did in some way. No, I think I think that was perfectly said. It's it's your process of, of recognizing it and sort of I think that's super common is going through, you know, that process, especially early on in spirituality. There is so much shit I went through. And I know Ray can speak to it as well. He went through everything and he really does like, you know, since being with him in person, like it it's it really hit me that everything he talks about comes from things he's been through. Like literally I've been down that path. I've been down that path. I've been on that path. Might be some consequences here. Might be some consequences there. So it's not just speculation. It's not just, you know, Oh, I, I read about this once. Like, no, I full on believed that for a while and, and went through it. And here's what I've learned. And that's like, that's the best way to do things. And that's what I've, I oftentimes get caught up and I resonate with a lot of the things you've said about, even just for myself personally, and I talk about this all the time, like being hesitant to go down a path out of fear that there might be consequences to it. It's like, I don't know what those are and it could be best for me to experience consequences. Consequences are not meant to just 
constantly be avoided. They're meant to be experienced, worked through, held onto, let go of, and moved on. And so I think that's constantly the process of finding something, seeing how it feels, feels good for a little, oh, consequences, okay, good to know, good to experience. And it's like going through all the shit, so experiencing all those things, and then getting out of it what you can, and then just you know letting it go because it no longer no longer need it. So it seems like that's been sort of your process from what it sounds like is, is going through stuff and just doing shit, doing a bunch of shit, trying stuff out. I think when you do it enough, you kind of like get over it and you're just like, I'm just going to keep, I talked about this on my last podcast. This was like, it, it feels scary at first. And people are like, um, you know, like, how are you doing all this? Like you've done all these crazy things. You just like, don't care. And it's like, well, I just, died and reborn so many times like in the last like two years and just you just accept that it's part of your evolution and that it's necessary for your happiness and I mean what's the point of living if you're not trying to do what you want to do and once you start you kind of can't stop (laughs) absolutely I, I I think the story that you were telling about your journey about how you continuously try different directions and you had to pivot and you had to pivot and you had to pivot and that (laughs) journey can be so frustrating for so long because you're just like why why can I not just get what I want and and you realize that that's the journey it's realizing Mm -hmm. had you got what you wanted you still wouldn't have been happy there'd be something else to pivot later there'd be something else to pivot there always is and so you start to learn a little bit of grace and in that you expand as a person. And then all of a sudden you see other directions and other things that you can do that you didn't see before because you had to pivot so much. So you're actually widening (laughs) your perspective every time you turn around a little bit, right? And so it becomes a game after a while. All of a sudden you realize that all of those failures, quote unquote, were just chances to learn. They were chances to grow. They were chances to see another Mm -hmm. opportunity. So you just keep changing, which of course means that you become more fulfilled and you become more whole and more insightful. And suddenly you want to do things that reflect that like life coach, right? Yeah. And it's so interesting as we go along, specifically one of the reasons that, so when you and I first started talking and I, I had invited you on the show, you responded in a way that I found really funny. And it was because previous to that, some of your content had been spiritually related in, in terms of manifestation and, and whatnot. And your first comment in response was, <laughs> I would love to, I'm kind of worried that Andrew will come for me. And I found that really funny. I did My say first that. response was, you're worried about Andrew? And I found that really funny because that just goes to show how far I've come. I was curious if that was going to come up. <laughs> Absolutely, that had to come up. But your perception has continuously evolved. It has continuously changed throughout all of your content. And that's the reason I invited you on the show. But you said something in a, in a TikTok recently And I wrote it down because I wanted to talk about this. There's more than one perception of what you said. You said, I've never ran to my notepad so quickly to write something down. And it was, what you are meant for is inevitable. Why are you in a rush to get there? And I thought that that was really good because there's so many different perspectives of that because the very next sentence after that, you reworded it. I don't know if you realize that you did, but you reworded it to what is meant for you which is different. It's a different perspective, but it also is a different insight, right? So manifestation, we often take it to be the end result we're shooting for. This is what I want. This is what's going to happen. But manifestation is an ongoing process. We are the totality of our reality. And so 
you are always going to get what you're meant for based on the mentality that you're in. It's a constant process of getting what you're meant for. And the only thing you have to change is that mentality. But the problem is, is that we rush. And in that rush, we change our mentality to lack. And that's what we're meant for. And that's what we get is more lack. And you have to let it go. I just thought it was such an interesting way that you worded it. And it's so interesting in how many ways you can take it. So I was just wondering, what have been your thoughts about that insight since you wrote it down? How do you find that that's affecting what you used to consider to be manifestation? That was a really weird night. It was like storming. There was like a golf ball size hail coming down the ground. And I was in my room and I was like, I'm going to journal. And I just like wrote that down. And then I was going to like keep writing. And then I was like, wait a minute. What is this? What What is this that I just wrote? And then it was like, I said it out loud a few times. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I don't know if you guys ever have those moments where you're like, oh my God, like, how did I, how did I not see that before? How did that, how did I not think of that process that before? And all of a sudden it's right in front of you and you're like, well, duh. Um, and I, I guess, I guess that kind of just like came to fruition because I've always had this incessant need to rush and like go to the next big thing and like I could always be better. I could always be more like you, you kind of get sucked into that self-help pipeline because all of a sudden you realize that like, in order to think you need self-help, you have to think there's something wrong with you. And you think that you have to keep doing all these things and buying into this wellness BS to be worthy. And it was exhausting me because I just like, I would tell everybody else, like, you know, you know, your evolution's a slow process and like trust all these things and all these like, you know, but then it was like, I was not practicing that myself in myself. I was like, well, you're the exception, like get a move on. Like you should be here. You should be there. You should be making this much money. Like, and it just like spun me out. So I think I just wanted to write that night about that and see kind of what came. And that was the first thing I wrote. And then it was just like having that realization that everything is just going to happen. And you just have to accept that what's going to happen is, and that's just inevitable that life is going to happen. So instead of trying to control the outcome or like manifest this very specific thing, like it's attaching to that outcome. And that's the problem. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the journey nowhere. And it's funny how much our mentality factors in to all of it. Like that's, that's more the thing. And, and I've, Ray and I talk about stuff often and I get caught up. Like I resonate with so much of your videos and, and your podcast and stuff. Cause even just a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling like I had too much going on. Like there's always, especially I'm sure, you know, and given I think it was the last podcast you just posted was all about doing so many different things and talking to a friend or, or it was someone about, and they told you like, you got to do nothing sometimes just stop doing so much. And I'm sure you can resonate as with any content creator that there's literally an infinite amount of things that you could possibly be doing, be it, you know, creating a video, editing a video, responding to comments, responding to DMS. That's just like on one single platform at any given time, there's always something that can be done. So it's important to question sometimes why you always feel such a need to like, what are you reinforcing? What mentality are, are you experiencing right now? That's causing you to feel like you need to keep 
producing and doing things. And if you stop that, you're going to lose things and, and all this stuff because there isn't anything. And, and sometimes it's always the balance, you know, the, the pendulum is always swinging back and forth between, you know, doing nothing and doing way too fucking much. And it's just the process of like, oh, I feel like I'm doing nothing. I feel like I should be doing something, but wait, I don't have to be doing something more. And then it's like, I'm doing too much. I feel like I should be not doing nothing. And it's like, I don't have to do nothing, but I can, I can find the balance. And sometimes it's like being in the extremes for a bit is beneficial. Sometimes being right in the middle is beneficial. And then sometimes it's just constantly moving around. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's helpful to, I guess, not take it too seriously along the way. Like when you do get caught up on one end or the other, it's not being too hard on yourself is something that I've gotten better at and, and definitely improved upon, I guess, in a sense. Um, so yeah, it's just always helpful to keep that in mind. The other thing, I think it's fucking hilarious that you were oh, yeah, more afraid of me coming on here i had to go back to that because i was laughing really hard but i have i have that. um an explanation for that um <laughs> okay, okay. i got a little bit scared of you when you came for that that dude who was talking about astrology you know who i'm talking about bill good life i know exactly yes. what you're about. <laughs> so i saw that and i was like i remember being like yeah like he's right like like I, like it is just a effing Tuesday. Like, what do you mean? But then it was kind of like, I think you guys, I think your like second episode is called back and forth. And like what was happening with me when I saw that was kind of that back and forth. It was kind of that like, well, like, I think Andrew has a really good point, but like, I guess, what did he say? Like his response to you guys was like planetary, something is real or something like positioning or I don't know. And I was like, well, that might be, you know, real too. And like, it was so confusing for me. And then I was like thinking, I mean, like I am where I am now and that's miles from kind of when I started on TikTok because I looked today on my TikTok and my pin video, like the first viral video I ever had and pretty much the only viral video I've ever had was me talking about astrology. <laughs> and it's just funny because I'm like, first of all, I don't talk about that stuff at all anymore. And neither do I, you know, even really resonate with it. Um, but then I was like, wait a second, Andrew might like, like come for me or something like about that stuff. Like, I mean, obviously I knew you weren't gonna, you know, but that was, that was the first thing I thought literally. That's good. That's great. That's exactly the impact we're hoping to have on, on people who don't question things. Right. And that's the reason that, that Phil doesn't necessarily resonate with our message as a whole. And I had somebody else recently contact us actually this week to recommend that we reach out to Phil and have him on the show. And I'm, and I mentioned that it might not necessarily be the good idea because he's he's very well practiced at contradicting himself. And that is the problem is that he wants to have a spiritual empire. He wants to be the most well-known spiritual speaker in the world. He has all of these egotistical ambitions and it, it makes it very difficult to get any degree of depth with a conversation like that. I was talking to a client this week and admittedly, I freaked her out a little bit because of what I was saying and the fact that I was aware of this and have been for a very long time, that here on Dualistic Unity, Andrew and I walk a very fine line wherein everything we say is meant to be taken in by the listener, used by the listener, chewed on by the listener. It's completely up to the listener to do anything with what's on this show. It's not on us, we're not special, we can't get you there. But I know that if I could, if I just change the message a little bit, it would be, you know, and one day you'll understand this. One day you'll get this, implying that you're not there yet. 
And if you do that enough, all of a sudden you've made yourself a need to your audience. And it's that simple. It's that simple. It's just, your, oh, no, 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 you need this. It's going to help you. You don't. You don't at all. But it can help you. It can help you, but you don't, you don't need it. As soon as you need it, it's not helping anymore. Right. And, and that's the problem with this path is that you have to find that weird balance between recognizing that you're helpful and not taking pride in being the helper. Right. Just doing it because you can. Right. Which makes it difficult to set prices. As we were talking to another guest previously, Farah, setting your rates is a really weird thing because you want to help. But on the other hand, you have to live in the world. You know, when are you helping? Where are you hurting? Who are you, who are you targeting as a demographic? Can they afford your rates? Do you really want to take that out of their pocket? Like it's very difficult when you are genuinely empathetic. Whereas so many spiritual teachers, they just wonder what you can pay. So they're spiritual narcissists. Exactly. Like, How much can I, I get out of you? Yeah. And I, I was following kind of a, a discussion between, well, not a, well, it was kind of like, there's this, there's this girl on TikTok who is basically, she's coming for the spiritual people's necks. And she's like, what the hell is this? Like, let's, like, let's examine the morality of what you're teaching and why. <clears throat> and I think just following that and just seeing how many of these like so-called spiritual teachers don't want to accept um, critique. It was like scary to me. Like these people are preaching about like, you know, if you have like this X mental illness, it means that you are of this like intergalactic, you know, particles in your brain and you're like, you're special. And then you need to pay me $300 an hour to like coach you through that. So we can manifest this very specific thing. And I was just like, and these people were just like, not receiving that criticism at all. They were just like, I don't want to hear it. Basically, like, this is the truth, like, shut up. And then I think that like, that really sealed the deal for me where I was like, I am, this shit is scary <clears throat> and I don't want to be a part of it anyway, like anymore. And I think there's a way to maybe be a part of it in a sense, but not, not like that. And I just got, I got really <clears throat> just turned off by the, I guess, new age discussion about manifestation. And I know you guys have talked about this before and done workshops on it and stuff, but it was just like a whole thing. And I was like, I am, I'm not doing this anymore. And I actually went back and deleted podcast episodes where I had even referenced it. And there probably are still references to it, but I was like, no, this is scary. <laughs> it can be. Absolutely. It can and be. Yes. A Andrew knows from my previous history on TikTok that I've actually been personally responsible for some people just leaving TikTok as a result of, of me just commenting leaving comments, questioning over and over and over and over again. And it was always about the toxic positivity that tends to be in spirituality and the need for a more and more complex narrative. Galactic battles between heaven and hell and astral planes and, and the whole thing. So it just becomes another egotistical game instead of the genuine process of becoming more sane. Because that's really all this is about. It's becoming more present, more grounded in what is, whereas that doesn't feel very good at least not when you're, you're not used to doing it, right? And so we'd rather just create fictions. We'd rather create tales. We'd rather focus on what we want and then justify why we didn't get it because you know we didn't abide by some rule that doesn't really exist. It happens all the time. It's the most insane thing to watch. But on the other hand, you can see where it's coming from. But just like somebody who's aware 
can relate to somebody who is spiritual. Somebody who is spiritual has a harder time relating to somebody who's aware. And it's because of that narrative. It's because of that ego, right? Whereas the person who's aware is removing all of that stuff. So they're trying to empathize. They're trying to see where that person's from. Whereas the other person is just trying to measure everything according to the truth that they hold on to for false certainty. So the conversation is one way regardless. And it's so interesting to watch that transition. Another reason I wanted you on the show would because of the, it was because of the courage that you showed in that transition, in letting go of that spirituality, and even just addressing the fact that it didn't feel right. Because I've seen people, many, many people, not listen to that intuition because everybody around them shunned them for it. As soon as you weren't seeing blue fairies in the wilderness, you weren't part of the, the, the group anymore. And yes, I'm actually serious about the blue fairy thing in this specific instance that, that actually did happen where it's like, did you see the blue fairy? Oh, I saw the blue fairy. And they totally had themselves going until I'm one so person's scary. like, I don't see the blue fairy. And they both looked at her like she was crazy, like something was wrong with her. It's the funniest thing to watch. But again, <laughs> it, it's that whole thing of living up to a narrative and, and judging other people according to whether or not they can live up to that narrative too. It's, it's Plato's cave. I think what's so interesting about all of it is like, and I know you guys reference this all the time, is just like how tightly people hold on to these things. And I, I felt myself do it like, and I felt it and I, I think I still feel it, but just in the last few months, I've just like really released it because I, on the way um, here today, I was thinking about how I remember having a conversation with my best friend and I, this again was probably like six months ago and we were talking about astrology and I don't think I ever understood it, but it was just fascinating to me. And I thought it was like cool or something. And, um, she was like, I don't really get it. I think it's really dumb. And I got really defensive. And I remember thinking later, I was like, why, why were you so, why were you holding on to that? Why was that so important to you that, you know, your, your best friend, like, understood it like I I think it's just an interesting human quality I don't know if it's I feel like that's kind of a human thing for us to like attach ourselves to beliefs and attach ourselves to things that like we think are going to help us sleep better at night but they don't <laughs> but we think they do yeah because we're we're afraid and we're confused we're afraid and confused confused about what we are and afraid of uh, everything. I don't know. And so we cling to these certainties and these certainties become a prison, a self-created prison. And just going back to your transition and everything, I experienced the same exact thing. I have gone through every part of spirituality pretty much and still have the videos out there. Those videos are still, I had too many to go back and like, you know, try and delete them or pick and choose which ones were like, Oh, this one's a little bit off. Oh, they're all a little bit off back. You know, there's still, I don't know, it's still, there's always aspects of it, but yeah, I mean, I think it takes definitely courage and faith in yourself to let go of those and be okay with it and, and sort of <clears throat> recognize it. And it's not to say that you have to go back and, and delete all of that. I think there's some benefit to people, even who are caught up in it to see your process too, and see that, oh, I, I'm holding on to this right now and I'm very afraid of letting it go. But, oh, there are some people who have held on to this. And, and now these people, maybe they have let go of, of more things and they're, they're still okay. And, you know, maybe there were people who 
don't necessarily follow them or resonate with them as much anymore, but they're more free because they're no, no longer holding on to all of this external for themselves. Like I got into, you know, crystals and the soul contracts and the everything. And I was like, I got in and out pretty quick, honestly, but like, there was a big part. Like when I moved into this apartment, I remember I walked around New York and like bought a bunch of crystals. Cause I was like, Oh, this shit's dope. I have, I still have like a crystals for beginners book in, in my room. And it's not to say that there's anything wrong with that at all with crystals. And it's not to say there's any, there's no impacts of them, but I think it's, it's the mentality of relying on the external to do the things that are possible to do on your own when you have faith in yourself and, and true faith in yourself. And that, again, that doesn't mean that there aren't things to utilize and there, there aren't reasons to incorporate some things, but there's always going to be like if, if you have a hundred percent faith in yourself is like maximum faith in self. And there are reliances on external devices. And a lot of people have, have like 0% faith in themselves and they have all their faith in like fucking, you know, sky daddy or whatever it be, or, or a number of things. There's, you know, an infinite number of things that people put their faith in. That's way more common than putting them their faith in themselves. And as you rely on the other things, maybe it's not, you know, a hundred percent of faith in something else, but there's, there's levels to it. It's, it's a complete spectrum. And it's not to say that I necessarily, I'm not coming out here and saying like, I have a hundred percent faith in myself and it's all in myself. It's like, there are still things I hold on to, to a degree aspects of needing validation or the safety of having a savings account or, or anything. And it's, there's nothing wrong with any of those either, but there are certain trade-offs. And I think for me, it's, it's recognizing more clearly in this, this process of seeing that all the things that I, I want are beyond holding on to all of those other things that I've always felt like I needed. And it's, it's the process of letting go, which is not easy, but that's where the true freedom lies with hundred percent faith in yourself, becoming comfortable with uncertainty, recognizing that you are always completely uncertain and that's okay. And it's just that process of, of going back and forth. But again, there's nothing wrong with holding on to any of those. It's just process. And it's like the path isn't even necessarily getting to a place of letting go of all of them, but it's at least being willing to question them and talk about them and discuss them and, and express your process of going through them. But, you know, the, the pitfalls of holding on to them are very easy to see when some, cause as soon as someone questions it, it's like, you feel some tension inside and like, that's the consequence right there yes. is that tension or, or anger or fear of potentially holding on to something that you may not need to. And all you have to do to let go of that fear is, is let go of that or the need to continue told on to that. Yeah. I want to continue from where you're, where you just went, because this was uh, an insight I was having over the weekend. It's something we've talked about before, but it was crystal clear over the weekend. And I specifically want to bring it up because Mimi is again involved with coaching. She's coaching now. She's talking to people. She's in a room or, or face-to-face on Zoom, going back and forth with people who are dealing with things that she is not dealing with. 
in her own life. And so it requires a certain degree of sensitivity. It requires a certain degree of awareness. It requires some presence. But you still, regardless of all of that, wonder, am I saying the right shit? Am I, is this helping? Right? And so we wonder, maybe I'm not saying the right thing. Maybe the words aren't right. And we start to criticize ourselves. We start looking towards coaching cert certifications. We start looking towards other speakers. We, we start trying to emulate other people. And we still have that doubt. We still have that doubt. And what's so interesting is that what you were just saying implies that the words aren't the point. The point is the lesson of wholeness that we continue to unfold in our life. We are the message. Our life is the message. What we are embodying through all of the moments where we've either let go or held on is what we're bringing across to the people that we're talking to. That's all that's coming across is how much we embody the lesson that we're learning. Let go. Hold on. Because people who haven't let go will say let go and you don't buy it. You don't believe it. It doesn't come across exactly as authentic as it is because they haven't. That's why they're snake oil salesmen. That's how you can feel it. Right? You know it's not empathetic. You know it's not through their own lessons. It sounds rote. It sounds rehearsed. Because it is. Because they're, they are the message, which is why you feel the way you do. So in life coaching, I've discovered over the last 10 plus years of doing so, not that I'm a life coach, I just had to call myself that for something to call myself, that the more I let go of myself, and I would just leave myself at the door. I would just sit in my chair, let my clients start talking, and then just watch what came out. I would just watch what came out in response to them leading the way without having any need to see myself a certain way, to feel any way about myself. I was completely at their service. And that's when I found the most efficacy. That's when I found it had the most influence on their life. Even on days where they would walk away and I'd be like, oh man, did I do anything there? And then like two weeks later, I'd see them. And they'd, this has been the most intense two weeks of my life. I've been applying things here, there, and everywhere. And immediately the temptation is like, yeah, I did that, but you didn't. And that's the point. You didn't have to. All you had to do was be there because you were already in the message. And I'm just, I just wanted to segue into that quickly because I think it's important to remember that as you're starting coaching. I think it's important to remember that as you're branching into this new direction where it's very easy to doubt how much you actually do know. You're embodying it. Just keep doing it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a relatable feeling with calls that I have with clients where I'm like, did I do anything? But you realize that like the purpose of it is to almost just be a facilitator. That's really it. Like, you know, you can... I like the way that you worded it where it's like the the point of it is just to get them to think, get them to talk. And it's amazing what happens when people just start talking, <laughs> what comes out and you just, you're there, you take your notes, you're like, okay, this is cool for the, you know, the next session and whatnot. But um, it's definitely, I feel for some people and maybe even myself in the beginning of like there's this very present I feel like ego within it and it's releasing the ego like you said so that you can actually do meaningful work because when the ego's there it's just an ego trip absolutely I think that for myself has been my process with one-on-one -on -one and, and client stuff is like it's gotten easier the less I try and do anything or like express my wisdom and things that I've heard. And it's like, uh, luckily I, you know, I've 
been talking to Ray for a while and, and we talk about this type of stuff often. And I know he's been doing it for a long time. So I had, you know, I didn't go into it completely blind with like, oh, I got to be this thing. Cause I feel like that's where people start oftentimes like, oh, I gotta, I gotta be this thing for this person. I gotta help this person. I gotta save this person. It's like, no, you don't. They're, they're just, you're just talking to yourself, interacting with yourself, being a mirror for them to express themselves through you. And so oftentimes it's not necessarily expressing so much like I do in, in videos or whatever. A lot of times it's just helping them to process what they're going through. It's like some hints of, I resonate with that a lot. Here's what I've done in a similar situation. Here's how it worked. Or even a lot of times early on when they first start talking, they're like, I'm this, I'm this, and therefore I'm this, and therefore I'm that, and therefore I'm this, and therefore I'm that. It's like, okay, so you just said all of these things that are total bullshit. You're none of those things. You think you are. You have these very strong inherent beliefs that you are. It's just recognizing that you're not. And all these things you think are wrong with you are not wrong with you. It's not that they are wrong with you and let's work on fixing them. Let's work on, you know, the root of it. Let's go back to, you know, wherever this was rooted in. It's just the recognition here and now that you're whole, that you're complete. Let's talk through that process of it. And it's less so imparting wisdom and more so just allowing them to process things sort of through you. And, and you're just like there again, as a mirror, as a vessel, as, as whatever you want to call it, but the less it's almost like the less you feel like you're doing anything and things are still happening, the more you're probably doing, the more impact that you have. And it's going back to mentality. Like we were talking about earlier with things, you know, with, with wanting to get somewhere, rushing somewhere is just reinforcing lack within yourself. And, like Ray just said, it's like you're you're embodying the truth of what you are in every moment. So it's just letting go of your idea of your of yourself in that moment will allow them to more easily let go of their idea of themselves. But as long as you're there as a teacher, as a guru, as a guide, as a shaman, as whatever fucking word you want to call it, <laughs> you're gonna be a hindrance to their ability to let go of of their idea of themselves. And that's all it ever comes down to is letting go of the beliefs, not, not building new ones necessarily, but letting go of all of the ones, because any belief, any idea, any story that we tell ourselves is always going to be limiting. Even if we're trying to hold on to a positive story of ourselves, it's still a limit. Any idea is always going to be a limit relative to infinite potential that we always embody. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, I do have a question because this is a significant hurdle for a lot of people on this path. And I'm wondering, Mimi, what your experience has been with this particular insight and this particular insight being that letting go of the negative idea of ourself is one thing. And it's very important to do that. Letting go of the doubts of the fears, letting go of the self-limiting beliefs, all of that. It's way harder and at the same time, way more beneficial to also let go of the positive images of yourself of the definitions that lift you up, of the definitions you lean on to feel better about yourself. Have you started down that path yet? I know you have in terms of manifestation and whatnot, because you immediately pulled back from spirituality. You're like, oh, it feels a little bit too positive. Like something's not right there, right? Have you realized that 
boosting yourself up while it feels good in, in the short term can easily become an addiction that tears you down in the long term? Um, yes, I, I don't. Okay. So I, I realized the, like a few months ago that I love validation and I think humans do in general, but I like really realized it. And I was like, Oh God, we got it. Okay. This is like our, this is our big project now is like figure this out and, um, do something about it because it, it really is such a, it, it feels good when you're receiving it. And then when it's taken away, it's, and, and for me, when I started a business, like when you, when you start a venture, you're usually going to have a ton of people being like, that's awesome. Good for you. And then you like keep doing it and then months pass. And then you don't have people like up your ass being like, you're so amazing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I suck. And then you realize that maybe you didn't really believe in yourself as much as you thought you did. You just had people who believed in you. Um, so just coming to terms with that, I guess, and just realizing, um, that I, you know, thrived off of other people telling me I was doing a good job. So I don't, I guess I'm very aware of it now, but I, I don't know what I've done to fight it off other than just kind of be aware and like, I guess, finding my own self-worth in a way stronger way than I ever thought possible because I thought that I had self-worth and then I realized that I was just being validated. That's often the case, right? It's we don't know yeah. how little or, or we don't know how much we rely on validation while we're surrounded by mm -hmm. it. But once it disappears, we're like, where was all that good shit? What just happened? Yes. We just had that conversation with somebody earlier today on our Instagram story, except it was regarding psychedelics. And, and she was saying like, you know, oh, I got it. Life is a cosmic joke. You know, nothing means everything or nothing means anything and everything means everything. And I just got to keep that in mind. It's like, it's funny when you have the clarity to see it. Usually right after you've done a psychedelic trip, right? But you go a few years without psychedelics, you start doubting yourself a little bit. You start judging yourself. You start thinking about yourself again. It creeps in. It creeps in because you're letting all of those concepts go unquestioned. You're using them to, to buoy yourself without realizing that they're actually tearing you down. They're actually diminishing your power. And the whole time we're think that we think that they're empowering us. It's such an interesting illusion that we invest in. And it makes sense to a degree, right? Like when we first start facing our doubts and our fears, it's so important to balance that out and go, right. Or I could be really good at it. I don't know right? Either one is possible. But the point of that isn't to grab the one that feels better. It's to recognize they're both possible. Neither one is the truth. They're both possible. The only way you're going to know what is, is to try, is to arrive in the moment and put your all into the experience you're in. And that's why it's so very interesting to get away from these, these concepts, because I've often used the, um, the example that somebody who believes they are a good person, will rarely look at their actions, even when they hurt someone else. And it's because they're so committed to the idea of being a good person. They will actually say, no, no, I was in their best interest, right? I was thinking about them, right? It's like, well, they didn't really feel like that though, right? Maybe that's not the impact you had. And somebody who is willing will go, okay, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe there's something there. Maybe I'm not looking at the right perspective. But if you hold on to the idea that you're good, 
you'll never question it. You'll never question it. You'll question anybody who threatens it though, right? And it's always like that. We always have to live in that gray area because it's in the gray area that we have the most ability. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Teal Swan. I don't know, Mimi, did you watch the Deep End documentary about you? I didn't. I just heard everybody talking about how scary it was. And it's been on my list, but like it it looks like such a like depressing docuseries that I just I was like, I don't really want to feel sad. Like I'd rather watch something funny. So I just I never got around to it um because it just seemed really scary. Like because I I saw clips of it and like her like berating people for like going against her and like just ripping these poor people apart like cult <laughs> yeah no i mean i mean that's so that's pretty much it is is seeing the, those are the consequences of holding on to that and that's what i found too is almost it's like this is kind of like what ray was just saying but when when we're in a shitty spot down on ourselves it's like can be helpful to rely on positivity things to help get ourselves out of it but all of that is is a reliance on the external and it's all you know takes away from that 100% faith in yourself is you know relying on affirmations or things just like beliefs about yourself as opposed to just being what is and and almost also beyond that is as you let go of the labels and the concepts, instead of thinking like, oh, I'm terrible at this. I can't do this. And also instead of saying, oh, I'm amazing at this, I'm going to, I'm going to crush this. It's almost like letting go of the label of it going well or it going poorly, because the reality is that within the realm of uncertainty, going well and going poorly don't actually exist because at the end of the day, we don't know what going well actually even means. Maybe, you know, 12 years down the road, you can look back and see that, oh, that did end up leading to something that led to something else that led to something else. But we're in that perpetual state of things happening. Like we're, we're changing at all times. And, and so a good event or a bad event doesn't actually exist in reality. It only exists conceptually because there's no division between events. There are no singular events. There are no individual events. It's all just eternity, like the eternal now. That's that's what it is, but we conceptually divide them. So even relying on the idea of doing well or doing poorly is still living in the realm of concepts because we have to use concepts to divide moments or experiences. But you know, it 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 doesn't exist. So, so I guess beyond even the affirmations, it's like letting go of doing a good job or, or doing a bad job. It's just sort of like relaxing into that state of uncertainty of how things are going to go, how you think things should go, how you want things to go being like, I don't know how this is going to go and that's okay. I'm going to, you know, prepare to the degree that I can, I'm going to do as, as best as I can, you know, and, and see where it goes. But even the possibility, even like, you know, doing poorly when we go through it could lead to, you know, better case outcomes. So it's interesting as you let go more and more of the concepts and labels, it's like there aren't actually good and bad, positive and negative experiences because it's all just process. And even 
the need to look back at something or look forward to something and think of, you know, the best or the worst case outcome doesn't make much sense anymore because even that is taking away from your experience here and now, which can inform any other experience moving forward in that mentality of what you're embodying in this moment, as opposed to getting so hung up on thinking about and wasting energy on labeling everything that's happening. So even the ideas of good and bad become less and less relevant as you let go more and more of all of the concepts as truth. I think I wasted a lot of my life <laughs> worrying like for that exact thing. And I'm sure we all, yeah, we all have, but it's like, it's weird when you like get to the point where you're like, you realize how, how much of a waste it was and how it wouldn't have mattered anyway if you worried or not. And it's like things just happen and then they're just, they just happened. And then it's like, you just keep going and wh however they turn out, there's always like, it always makes sense when I look back. I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys when I say that, but like, I look back on my evolution, even this the last few years. And I'm like, I'm really glad that everything that happened that way happened that way. And it just kind of all just flowed. And I look back and it makes sense. And in the moment we get so fixated on like, what's next? How can I get there? How can I like manically make this be a good outcome or, you know, be successful in this or that. And it just kind of happens. And then you just realize that it just is, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. You arrive and that's it. In your arrival, you are there and it's the best thing you can do for whatever it is that you're doing. And that's the whole point. Like there's nothing else to it except just being where you are. You worked hard enough to get there. I mean, and I said this earlier, but it's true in my life, for example, I, I wasted and I'm not, see, I'm going to correct that word. It's not that it was a waste. It's that it felt like a waste and it has felt like a waste looking back in states where I wasn't seeing things clearly. For a decade, I couldn't see anything except myself and the dark hole that that was becoming. And afterwards, I went, oh, there's an option? I don't have to be in that? And it was that decade that informed my commitment to that option. It was that decade in hell that made me damn certain I wasn't going back. And it made me want to help others so much because of that decade. So there have been times where I look at my daughter who's 15, for example, and I look back at when I was 15 and all the shit I was going through at the time and I go, oh man, oh, that's brutal. Like there's so much I could have done with that. There's so much that I, I could have found in terms of opportunity and potential, but I had my head squarely up my ass. And now I go, right, but I learned how to get it out. I learned how to not put it back in there accidentally, right? And I learned to recognize when other people are putting their head up their ass, right? And you get some sensitivity to that. And that's what helps everything. So it wasn't a waste because I couldn't have learned it otherwise in the same way that I couldn't have learned Kung Fu without getting punched a few times. It's just par for the course, right? It's just that we look at it and we go, that was unpleasant. Did it have to happen? So, yeah, it did. Otherwise you wouldn't gain the strength. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's fun too, because in that recognition, we're still like, we're always going through shit and going through something. So as 
when we can clearly see that all of that stuff was entirely necessary to being where we're at right now and allowed for so much depth for us. Like I would have never, there's so many things that I'm doing right now that I never would have done if I hadn't gone through years of social anxiety, extreme nerves, being super quiet, constantly worried about whatever and thought of me. Like I wouldn't be doing this. I can almost guarantee, I can't actually guarantee, but I can come close. And it's so entirely necessary to everything. So now it's not that I'm always feeling amazing. Like I still go, my life and internal feelings are super turbulent all the time as Ray can attest to. And, but now it's like, even when I start feeling heavy and, and start feeling the weights of different things, I don't know what that will impact down the road. Like when I will look back at that experience or what I will learn from that experience. And it's, so it's like, there isn't so much weight anymore and so much desire to be in a different state that I'm in. It's always just like, okay, this is uncomfortable. Not really feeling super great. Actually feel pretty fucking shitty sometimes. And it's like, there's an opportunity here to learn something. There's an, there's a potential insight somewhere. And even, you know, the week before I woke up or whatever you want to call it. I don't really like saying that, but um, recognize that everything I was holding onto wasn't the truth of what I was. That whole week, I kind of in the back of my head was like, this is going to lead to some big fucking crazy experience. And that was sort of what was getting me through it. You know, the whole this too shall pass type thing. And it's even in that, the depth of that and getting through that and then feeling the most freedom I've ever experienced in my life for like three weeks after that, like literally feeling super high and not being on anything besides just the, the weightlessness of letting go of so much goddamn identity. Um, so now moving forward, as I go through things or have down days, or I'm just not feeling super great, there's not so much weight and resistance to it. It's like this you know, there's something here, there's something that'll be utilized that I'm going through right now, even, you know, having TikTok and social media and being able to express when I'm going through something like that could be more impactful to a lot of people than me giving some advice walking around is, is just expressing where I'm at right now and being vulnerable and being open and being authentic about things. And, and so many of our guests it's not that we just look for people who are like, you know, non-dual experts and all that fucking bullshit that we actually actively avoid. We look for people who are just expressing themselves authentically because that's all it ever is. Even if someone doesn't necessarily grasp some of the deeper stuff that we talk about on this podcast, if they're out there expressing themselves, being themselves, like that's all it ever comes down to. So you know, we obviously appreciate you and, and for everything that you do in that realm, Mimi, because I think it it's obvious when someone is trying to be something for everyone versus letting go of the need to do so. And through that, they embody the freedom that everyone's always looking for and striving for in, you know, the books and everything. And it's just, you know, letting go of, of feeling like you should be doing anything. And so this leads to another question that I had written down. I know you've talked about letting go of 
needing to do anything or be anything. You made a video talking about cursing in some of your videos. And I want to bring that up because I resonate with that video a lot. I have people close to me who relationship and things have gotten a lot better, but there's been a lot of turbulence, especially in the last year, since I talk pretty openly about shitting on religion, talking about mushrooms, talking about weed, cursing, saying all this, saying that I'm God and so are you, like all this stuff that can be super triggering to people who are holding on to this, you know, idea of themselves as something separate from anything and and the idea of themselves that they hold on to and, and the self-created prisons that they experience. So anyway, um, how has that, how was that process like for you letting go of that? Was there a point where you were, con- I mean, everyone kind of goes through it, like trying to be something for everyone. And, and I'd love to hear about that sort of shift into letting go of that because there's so much freedom in that. And everyone has a little bit of a different process of that. And so beyond just like letting go, but also like how you have handled those types of situations, because I think a lot of people, especially who talk about this type of stuff or are starting to experience more freedom, obviously get met with a lot of resistance to people who aren't free. So I love hearing about people's stories with that. (laughs) That's it's a, it's a really hard process as you guys both know. Um, and maybe you can relate, Andrew, because I, um, I mean, you're from Minnesota too, and I feel like, I feel like it's very. I mean, you know how people are here, <laughs> um, very like homey and like, you know. I was just, I was just on another podcast. She's she's from Minnesota too, and she moved to California, and she was talking about how, you know, she she knows she's home because the neighbors come outside and they like come over to the neighbor's house and they're like, "How are you doing?" And like, it's just like, it's very. Um, you know, Christian family, you know, that kind of vibe. Um, so it makes it difficult. And I know that's not, you know, um, that is universal, you know, just here, but, um, I guess for me, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I just realized that if I wasn't doing what I wanted to do, and if I was like fabricating myself for other people that, I almost, I think I discovered that like it also read, like you can tell when people are not being authentic. And like, I, I, I feel like I'm going in a million directions right now, but I think like growing up too, I, I spent a lot of my life trying to be liked to get that validation and, um, trying to like be cool. I remember like in middle school and high school, like kind of jumping friend groups and like trying to like fit in with the cool kids. But I like always kind of felt like an outsider. And it was just like this pursuit to be accepted and loved. And like, for what, like none of those girls gave a shit about me and you know, they're not my friends anymore. Um, and then when I, um, got out of college and it was like that daunting experience of like, Oh my God, I'm an adult. What the hell do I do with this? It was like just kind of a realization of like, well, I think I'm going to do this my way because the alternative, I think, will cause me so much more pain than maybe losing people along the way that don't get it. And um, once I started, it just kind of snowballed and I just, I just kept going with it. And I've had pushback, but I think... I think more pushback is to come. 
let's just say that, especially with um, kind of the new direction, because it went from like, well, people kind of being like, you don't believe in God or like this Christianity, like that's kind of where it started. But then like when you're talking about spirituality, it's kind of, it sounds a lot like Christianity. So I think that people sometimes hear what you're saying and they, they kind of make it work for them to not be as offended by it or whatever they feel. Um, but then kind of going through that pipeline and coming out of that now, it's almost like, I feel like I'm going to piss off the like really spiritual people that I already know and follow me. And then like, I'll really piss off. (laughs) Yeah. It's like really piss off the, um, you know, like religious folk and it's, I'm a little like nervous about it, but I'm, I'm also just so committed now to doing whatever the hell I want, because why wouldn't I? And I have made so many more like authentic connections to people that I really resonate with when I've just been like, I'm going to do this my fucking way. (laughs) And it's just, I've, I've loved that process, even though in the process, I've had a few people be like, really Mimi? Like, I, I kind of get concerned about like the stuff you post and how open you are. And I was like, well, that's not really my problem. Like that you feel that way. Like, am I being an asshole? Am I being a mean, awful person? Like, as long as I'm like leading with my heart, I mean, your response to that is kind of not my problem at all. And that's really important to remember, like your life is yours. And I don't take advice from people about life who don't feel like they're living at the end of the day, everybody who's judging me is probably avoiding something. They should probably get back to their own life. Leave me the fuck alone. And that's, that's important to remember. So I'm more than happy to get out there and swear, which is one, one thing I really enjoyed about that point. It was the fact that you like to swear on your podcast because it feels more natural and it's also disarming. That was the other big part of it that I enjoyed is that you're thinking about your audience. You're not thinking about the uptight assholes who might be around you judging you. You're thinking about the people who aren't uptight, the people who might need some reinforcement in the idea that you're not uptight so they can relax a little. That in itself is worth doing it just for that reason. If you're just trying to make people feel more at ease so they can talk to you and be themselves, that's awesome. Whereas if you are doing something to avoid somebody feeling at, uh, feeling discomfort or somebody judging you, then you're not at ease. And once again, the message gets distorted. The work that we can do gets altered by this. But what's fun, and, and I just wanted to mention this quickly, is that, so I've been at this for a long time and I went through my, my phase of, I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want. I don't care what you guys think. Too damn bad. This is what I'm saying now. And that was fun for a little while to recognize that you can do that, that you can just be yourself and not give a shit what anybody thinks about you and to still see that you have an impact on things, to still see that in your authenticity, you are still making ripples that you can be happy with. And and that was great. But after a while, you start to realize that being in that state is actually really hard for people to deal with when they are doubtful. Not doubting yourself is very difficult for people who are doubtful to deal with. They're going to judge you. Oh, you're arrogant. Don't you find you're overconfident? Do you ever question yourself? And they'll do all that. And it's because you're perfectly fine with yourself and they are not. And that's the only reason. But that sometimes makes them judge themselves. Like maybe I should be more like him. Maybe I should be more like them. Am I not acting the right way? And immediately they start to judge themselves. They start to judge their performance. They try to be something else for the sake of living up to some standard that I don't fucking have. And and so it's really important to remember that. And I mentioned this because. So 
Sunny, Sunny Amara, who's been on our show twice, one of our favorite guests. She's fantastic. Uh, she was on a roundtable last week and she wrote me a message after the fact, kind of giving me shit, which I thought was really funny. And it was because in that podcast episode, I had said something along the lines of, I'm going to stop rambling here. Or, you know, I, I, before I start talking too long, I'm just going to end this and pass it off to Andrew. And I do that often because it's nice to break up the podcast and we have guests and whatnot. And she wrote to me, she's like, I appreciate you're being polite, but who told you you're rambling? Who said you talk too much? I, I'm not jiggy with the self-deprecation. Like she really did give me shit to some degree. I did a live show with her later that day just to kind of clear the air and talk about some other stuff. It was a great conversation. But my response was, I don't worry that I'm taking up space. I could talk the whole damn episode, not feel bad at all, at all. But in admitting, I do have a tendency to ramble. In admitting that I do sometimes go on a tangent. I'm saying it's okay for you to do that. I'm, a, I'm admitting vulnerability. So everyone else lowers their expectation of their own performance. That's the purpose. I'm not beating myself up by any means. I'm not thinking about it after it's said, but there is a purpose to it. And it took me a long time to figure out that that small concession for that other person isn't a sign of weakness. It's not a sign that you're giving up your integrity. It's not a sign that you're giving up your balance if you know why you're doing it. And it's not just to be liked. That's a powerful recognition. I feel like it's almost, it's almost like full circle. And I feel like, so it's like, and it's like your intention behind it matters so much. And like our mentality and our intention are so important to the actions that we take. And, and sometimes the same action with different intentions may be taken differently because it's being stated through a certain mentality or a certain type of embodiment. And <clears throat> I think, yeah, I, I think too, with, with all of those processes, there's so many sort of steps, even to you getting there to that recognition. And so often people want to jump and they see someone in a certain way and they're like, oh, I got to get there. It's like, you don't realize they went through so much shit to get to that point and fell on their face so many times to get to that point. And I think that's why it's so helpful along the way of, of growing or building something or sort of like expressing yourself publicly over time, over a period of time is including all of those things along the way, those, those vulnerable things, those aspects so that people don't build too high of an idea of you, because as great as it can be to be a super amazing speaker and articulator and have insights left and right, oftentimes people want to see themselves in you and, and want to be able to relate and resonate. And so often, like I remember growing up when I you know, would see someone who is really good at, at public speaking. And I would see them and be like, oh, I, I would love to, to get to that point. And, and cause they, they're definitely not nervous at all. They just go on there and, and crush it. And what I realized over time was that I think, you know, once you go through it, someone's given a thousand speeches, they probably don't get very nervous on their thousandth speech, but along the way, 
they absolutely were. And there's always some twangs of, of nerves or, or anything like that. And so as you're going through it and as you're growing within yourself and expressing things, it's, I think, important for people, not that they have to, but important to open themselves up and, and be vulnerable and show all of the other sides of them because it actually creates significantly more depth for the person to be able to resonate with. And so that's something like sometimes, and this is just, you know, I'm, I'm always just talking to myself. I'm always just expressing things to myself because it's what I'm going through. And, and so anytime I make a video, I try and let people know, like, or even today I, I posted one and people were like, Oh, I needed this. Like, this is the perfect thing I heard at this time. And it's like, cool. I'm just talking to myself, but glad it resonated for you too. And so I, I try, especially now to like, make sure I'm including that. And it's, it's so interesting that people try and hide it so often what they're going through, because oftentimes that's the most impactful videos that they make is someone who someone sees in a certain light opening up saying, I am having a shitty week. I am going through something. I'm struggling with this, blah, 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 blah. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength, but for whatever reason, our society thinks that, that letting down that guard is a sign of weakness, but it never is. So I don't know. It seems like there's been more shifts into that, but yeah, sometimes we're just always trying to put our guard up and it's so much easier to let it down. But at the same time, you can't be relying on that, that positive idea of yourself all the time, thinking of yourself as I'm good at this. I'm great at this, blah, 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 because then it becomes more difficult to let down that guard because you have to let go of that label of that belief, of that positive side of those belief systems that we so often utilize to build ourselves up. Absolutely. And I just want to mention quickly to Mimi that everything that you're doing, and it's not always, it's not always going to feel like you are making progress. Sometimes it's going to feel like, Jesus, why am I on this fucking path? Why did I ever do this? Is this really working? Is this where I'm supposed to be? What the hell? And you're going to have moments like that. And I think it's important to remember that all of those moments, are habitual. It's habitual. It comes from identifying. Your brain immediately has to compare this concept of you to everything else you know in order to build context. That's all it can do. It's trying to guess. Who are you among all this? That's all it's doing. And it's guessing. That's the important part to remember. It's just guessing. You don't actually have to pay attention to that shit. It's already just processing. It's your brain trying to figure out the next insight to present you with. But we hold on to those thoughts. We're like, oh, obviously something's wrong with me if I'm having these thoughts. It's like, no, that's the balance to the insight that's coming. That's the shit you went through to achieve that insight. Let it happen. Stop thinking about it. You know, it's already there. It's working for you. You don't have to be involved. You just need to let it be. Have a tea. Go listen to the wind. Whatever it is you got to do, just let it pass. And it will. It will pass unless you're focused on it, unless you identify with it and you cling to it. And then all of a sudden it's right in your focus all the time because you think that somehow you can resolve it. And if you can resolve it, then you'll be fine. And that's, that's the trick. That's the Chinese finger puzzle. That's exactly what the problem is, is that you can't resolve doubt. You can't make doubt go away. As long as identity exists, doubt will be there. And identity always exists. It's always an option. So it really just comes down to how much we are committed to that option. 
that dictates how seriously we take our doubt and our fear. And that's it. And if you can just practice that, right, this isn't about me, you're fine. And that's all you're really embodying. And so I want to say that the path that you're on, the reason I invited you on the show, the reason we want to introduce our audience to you, is all you need to do. Just keep doing what you're doing. And whenever you think of, oh, am I doing the right thing? Remind yourself, that is not something you need to think about. You just need to keep doing it. Just keep going. And it will all make sense of your next moment of clarity. But we try to make sense of it in our moments of confusion. And that's what screws us up. Wait for the clarity because we always oscillate in and out of it all the time. And that oscillation is exacerbated by identity, right? But as soon as we're back in the present, we feel it. And as you said, everything that came before now suddenly seems perfectly appropriate. It seems exactly like it should have been. But in confusion, we're like, Jesus, I'm screwing up everywhere. And there's nothing has changed. Nothing has changed between the moment of clarity and the moment of confusion. It's the same damn path. It's just how you're seeing it. That's it. So wait for the moments of clarity and everything you're doing will make sense. That just, um, I don't know, really resonated the way that you just worded that. Um, because I, I feel that all the time and obviously you know that. Um, and I think it was one of you two who said this, and I say this a lot now, and I said it a lot to myself when I got off my antidepressant. Um, which was that like, we are not our thoughts. And if you can just watch them float like clouds in the sky, like you'll be okay. Cause the second you identify with them, then you become them. And I started practicing that with just anxiety. Like oftentimes we're like, I'm so anxious, but it's like, you aren't anxiety. You're feeling anxiety. Um, why are we identifying as anxiety? Um, but that's just, I, I don't know. That was just a really good way to put that. And definitely resonates with me and where I'm at because there is this weird um oscillation I think is the word you use between that like confusion and that I I use the word manic a lot because at least that's the way that I feel in my brain sometimes when I'm like oh my god I want to get to the next thing I want to figure it out and it's like when we try to figure it out we don't figure anything out <laughs> and you just spin your wheels and you're not going anywhere until you can just accept the fact that you don't need to figure anything out. And then it figures itself out. Um, and then you look back at that same um, analogy or whatever, and you're like, oh, it all makes sense. It's all fine. Um, so it's just releasing that identity and just letting it be. It's weird because I hear you guys talk about these things and I'm like, yeah, but then it's like sitting here talking with you guys about it. It's like it's hitting a little bit harder but it's great. No, that actually, yeah, everything Ray just said, and you just said maybe resonated with me a lot as well. And it's so funny how often it happens and I get caught up in the same type of shit. And it's so often, like you just said, maybe letting go of the identity, letting go of the idea of yourself, because there's a video I posted a week or two ago about like primary versus secondary reality. And like when we're getting super caught up in trying to figure things out. Like, am I doing this right? Am I saying this right? Am I living correctly? It's like we're living in, call it like a secondary reality, basically like through the idea of ourself, like the idea of ourself is, is experiencing something as opposed to just being experienced, just being the thing, just doing the thing for the thing. And when we're existing, which is what I was calling a primary reality, it was just in that video, it was just, I don't know, the way I expressed it then made sense in my head. Um, but 
when we start to get caught up and and feeling like we need to get somewhere and go somewhere, it's like always that secondary type reality. We're not living, we're not doing the thing for the thing. We're not in the situation for the sake of it. We're doing it for what it's going to lead to, where it's going to get us, what we're going to become because of the thing that we're doing. So when we let go of that need, when we let go of involving our idea of ourself in everything that we do, all of a sudden we're just what is, we're just experience, we're just process, we're just change, always here and now. And there is no longer so much weight. It's like that idea of ourselves is weighing us down as long as we're holding on to it, as long as we're experiencing everything through it. So the more often we can let go of it and just be where we're at, we're, do, we're having a conversation right now. It's not even that we're you know, having a conversation to make a podcast, to post to people, hopefully they resonate with it. Hopefully this becomes a, a massive podcast and everyone loves us and we get all these accolades. Like, no, that's like, you know, whatever, eight levels. It's just, we're having a conversation for the sake of having a conversation and that's it. After this, I'm going to, I don't know, go make some food. I'm going to make some food and be there while I'm making the food. You know, I'm going to go to bed, just going to bed to go to bed. <laughs> that makes sense. But, or brushing my teeth, like focusing on the action at hand. And it's because that's your life. That's always what it is. That's the, the extent of everything, the extent of our purpose, the extent of, of all that we've ever been and ever done is where we're at right now. And so as we let go and are able to let go of that idea of ourself, which is always, you know, it's built based on the past and we're afraid of it being diminished in the future. And it's never really right now as, as we're living in that secondary type of reality through the idea of ourself, it's very difficult to fully be where you're at and do the thing for the thing. So it's just really letting go of that. And, and it very quickly helps you to get out of that funk. It doesn't always immediately work. It's not like a magic pill necessarily, but the, the more we can let go of that and rely on that for our sense of worth, for our sense of validation, and just keep in mind that we're whole in every single moment. We're as complete as we could ever possibly be. We can't do things to become more complete or less complete in any moment. And that's, that's all it ever comes down to. And then just keep doing shit. And yeah, Ray with the uh, don't try and figure things out in, in states of confusion, like wait for the clarity, like yeah, that, that hit a lot. Cause I feel like sometimes I'm not feeling great and I'm like thinking through stuff and it's like, just sit there, just be in it. That stuff will work itself out. And then when you get hit with some clarity, it'll make more sense. So it's, it's really just like going through things, doing things, allowing things to process because they always are. And yeah, that, so yeah, it all resonated a lot for me too. That is awesome. And I just want to add quickly, or rather, I'd rather, I'd, I'd just like to caveat quickly to anybody who's listening that it is definitely not our ambition to be liked by everyone. If anything, I intend on pissing off quite a few people over the course of this podcast, if I can, because sometimes that's exactly what we need to do. And this kind of goes towards the next point, which is, we were talking about facilitating change. And we were talking about the importance of arriving in the moment which means embracing change within ourselves, which helps us to facilitate change with everybody that we interact with, especially in a coaching role. So I find it so very interesting and simple, though the process is often complex, to just remember that in order to facilitate change, you must be change. You must be where change is happening, which is in the here and now. It's not in your fictions, it's not in your head. It's here in the present 
with whoever you are with. And if you can just be there, you will find that they facilitate change in leaps and bounds because you are no longer constricting them to an idea that you need to see them as. You're giving them the space to find their potential. And that's all you need to do to facilitate change is to arrive in change. And that's the entire process. And everything else that you go through, everything else that you think, everything else that you doubt is the journey to accepting that you are already that process. Your brain is just trying to work it out. I'm not what I think I am. What am I then? And once it clicks, you can't answer that with any degree of certainty, everything becomes flow state. Whether you're pissing people off or making them happy, because sometimes rocking boats is a public service. Sometimes making somebody feel better is the last thing that's going to help them. But if you're trying to be someone, if you're trying to be a good person or a good coach or a good therapist or anything, you're going to avoid pissing them off. You're going to avoid rocking their boat. This is something that Jordan Peterson recently said uh, about the counseling relationship. It is not our job to affirm what people already believe. It is our job to challenge those beliefs. It's our job to help them transcend those beliefs, to look beyond. And that is absolutely true. We are not here to make people feel better in the same way that we're not here to make ourselves feel better because that's not growth, right? That's just sucking your thumb. It doesn't do anything. And so as a result, we have to toughen up a bit. We have to be vulnerable. That's really what strength is, vulnerability. And being vulnerable, we find our flow, we find our stride and we are change embodied. And that's all we need to do. So we're gonna wrap up here in a few minutes, of course, because we're, we're running out of time shortly, but I wanted to say quickly, Mimi, I'm really glad that you joined us here today. I'm inspired by your journey. I love watching your TikToks and your content as it progresses, as you find your stride, as you start to realize that you're already doing exactly what you wanna do. You're just watching it unfold. And that in itself becomes a lot of fun once you just get out of the way and let it happen. Don't rush. As you said, what's meant for you will find you right? Because it's always finding you. This is the process of you continuously seeing exactly how vast and limitless you are. And your reality will continue to reflect that. So I just wanted to say that quickly. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, going, going back and forth, struggling, going in and out of clarity, getting caught up in bullshit, recognizing that it's bullshit. It's, that's the path all of those steps are always the path. And yeah, again, always just reminding myself of that. But um, yeah, I, I absolutely love watching your journey. Mimi, I really appreciate everything that you share. Um, I'm super happy that we got to connect and you were able to come on and, and chat with us. And I'm looking forward to many more conversations to come. So yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing because you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. It's so great hearing like it from you guys. I mean, I've been looking up to you guys for months now and obviously it was like mutuals with Ray and um, just like, it's just really cool to be here and have this conversation and um, be able to, you know, expand more and see what happens. But um, I really appreciate being here. So thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Couldn't be happier to have you. And specifically for me, I had an ulterior motive. I wanted to talk to you about the journey towards coaching. 
and the realization of how we can actually be efficient helpers by just getting out of the way. And I wanted to talk about that specifically because there are a number of people in our community who are finding their stride and they do want to get out there. They do want to help people more. They do at least want to give those people an opportunity to have space. And in that journey, there are so many doubts and fears. There are so many restrictions. There are so many things we tell ourselves we can't do or, or that we don't know how to do and we're afraid to learn. That's part of the journey. I really wanted to communicate that. And I wanted our audience to see how far you've come in your journey and how good you're feeling about it, regardless of the ups and downs, but that you have that clarity to keep going because that's all you need. That's all you need is the intention, which comes from empathy and awareness, right? And you can't fake that. So I'm very excited to see where you end up. And I'm excited to have you back on the show in season four. Of course, we're going to invite you back maybe for a roundtable next time so we can get you in more of a group conversation. Um, we're going to wrap up here. I do want to remind our listener, of course, that we do have group chats three or four times per month, including a free public group chat coming up on the first Wednesday of the month. You can register for that at dualisticunity.com. We love the group chats. It really is a chance for us to just do exactly what we did here, which was flow around, see what everybody has to say, pull some insights out of it, compare some notes, relate to one another. It is probably one of the most powerful offerings that we have on Dualistic Unity. It's just the chance to relate with people who are on the same journey that you are, despite how different those journeys might be. So if you can, definitely join us there. Um, Mamie, I do hope that one day we'll see you at one of our retreats or one of our public events. I would love to meet you in person. I imagine the conversation would be intense and fun. So if you ever have a chance, we have a retreat coming up in November, and then we're going to have another retreat coming up in May uh, on Vancouver Island as well. So if you have any questions, just reach out to us. We're going to wrap this up here, and we will see you next week for episode 14. Thank you, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.